Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of Fansided. I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. So we have an awesome episode in store for you guys tonight. In case you missed it, uh, yesterday we published the first part of a two-part episode for our 20th episode this week. If you missed that, it's with Larry Dyer of the Chicago Bears Review. Make sure you check that out. But, like I said, tonight's going to be awesome. We are going to be previewing the New Orleans Saints-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. We've got some uh, fan questions we're going to answer. And we've even got some Saints headlines we're going to take a look at. So, make sure to check all of those out. It's going to be awesome tonight. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun episode. Uh, yesterday's episode, conversation with uh, Larry, was fantastic. He uh, From... Chicago Bears review. He was awesome to talk to. I really enjoyed having him on the show. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that yet, be sure to check that out real quick. Uh, I know Tyler and I had a really good time talking with him. Ty- Tyler had known him before. It was my first time ever yep. talking to Larry, and he he was great. He was phenomenal to have on the show. So guys, be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out Chicago Bears review because uh, Larry is Larry is just really awesome. Uh, let's just jump right into things. Uh, no articles of the week for this episode because we did it yesterday. Again, just be sure to go to whodatdish.com. If you're not living there, you should be. But week nine is here. We are officially, with with the start of tonight's Bills-Jets game, uh, which on a side note, uh, if you guys can watch that game tonight, watch it because the Saints play the Bills in week 10, a game which Tyler will be at. Uh, so you'll yep. get a little bit of an early preview uh, at uh, the Bills, so to speak, against the Jets tonight, uh, Thursday Night Football. But... Uh, as of tonight, once that game starts, we are officially over halfway of the 2017 NFL season, uh, which is super exciting, but it's also super sad because that means we're closer to the season being over. Um, the Saints are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who currently sit at 2-5. and five. Um, They've struggled so far this season, but they always seem to give the Saints a tough time. And it's, yeah. the, it's the Saints' second divisional matchup so far this season after Week 3 against the Panthers, which Saints won 34-13. to 13. Um, So, Tyler, let's just jump into it, man. What do we yeah. expect from both of the teams? We know our Saints more than, obviously, any other team in the NFL. Um, yeah. But matching up against the Buccaneers, high-powered offense, slower defense, what, what, what do you expect coming into this game? Um, to be honest, I, I'm not sure. A part of me wants to uh, think that we're going to continue to stick to the run as we have in the last few games, but part of me just feels like, I don't know, every time I see a Saints-Buccaneers uh, game, it's always through the air. I always feel like yeah. Jameis Winston and Drew Brees are always shooting it out, you know, but the Saints have a different defense this year, so I, I'm not sure how that's going to react. Uh, you mentioned how they have a really good offense, surprisingly, although they are 2-5, and five, they have a high-powered offense. They are second right now. Uh, and passing yards per game with 295, and they are fourth right now in the NFL uh, in yards per game with 376. So this this isn't an offense to be taken lightly, even with yeah. Jameis Winston and his shoulder injury. But I don't know. Their defense is really exploitable. I think right now, regardless of what we do, we're going to be putting up points in some way. I would like to see Drew Brees, just because he's not my fantasy team, uh, maybe throw for three, four touchdowns instead of uh, giving it to Ingram. But... I'm not sure what to expect, to be completely honest with you. How about you? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, same here. I mean, this Tampa Bay team, over the off season and, and even a few weeks into the season, remember, their first game got postponed against yep. the Dolphins, so we, we weren't able to see them right off the gate. But 
Before the season, they were on hard knocks. People got a good look at them. They knew Jameis Winston was so talented. They knew uh, Doug Cotter, the head coach, was really uh, forming this team into a respectable playoff contender uh, with the defense that they built up over the years. Now they sit at 2-5, and five, mm-hmm. and they haven't beaten anybody impressive. Uh, they've had some bad losses. Jameis Winston is not 100%. I don't know how close yeah. he is to being completely healthy, but he hasn't been 100% this season, which makes me question why they keep playing him when he's not 100%, because that that could lead yeah. to a lot of bad things, as we just saw with uh, Andrew Luck, which we'll get into uh, a little bit into the other segment of the show with other NFL yeah. news. But um, yeah, Andrew Luck is out for the season. That's partly because the Colts were playing him past his, you know, his threshold. Of how hurt and yeah. injured he was. They were getting him injured. They didn't have an offensive yeah. line. Yeah, which which the, the Buccaneers don't have much of an offensive line either. Um, but this team has. I, I take that back. Obviously, it's better than the Colts. I can't compare them to the yeah. Colts. But Everyone's you know, better than the Colts. yeah, yeah. Jameis Winston has, <laughs> is always going to be in. in um, he's always usually going to be pressured though. If you watch the games with that offensive line, it's not exactly top notch. But very talented team. They have the pieces. Obviously, on defense, they're slacking. Uh, you know, either they draft guys like Vernon Hargraves and and, and they sign guys like TJ Ward. Doesn't yep. help them out as much as people were expecting. Um, so, you know, yep. uh, but but going back to what I was saying before, during the preseason, coming in early into the season, people were hyping them up. Bucks fans were excited. Mm-hmm. They thought, I mean, I, a, a few people predicted them going to the Super Bowl. A lot of people predicted them winning the NFC South, which, which yep. again, coming into the season looked very impressive, dwindling down a little bit. But this team has just sputtered. Uh, it, it's 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 not looking great. So I have a lot of confidence in the Saints right now. Uh, these these are teams trending in totally different directions. Saints mm. obviously won five in a row. Buccaneers, I I I think that they were two and one at one point in the season. So mm-hmm. which which means I think that they've lost four in a row. I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah. But this team is just trending down again. Go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, your backup quarterback, if Jameis Winston is not 100%. You have to. I mean, why Why would you risk any of that? Granted, yes, you're going to get wins, but obviously Winston isn't playing well enough for, for them to, you know, win win consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, the Buccaneers started out their season with a 29-7 win, uh, and then they were 1-1, one and one, and then they beat the Giants. So, yeah, they were 2-1. and one. They've lost four, mm-hmm. four consecutive wow. games. Uh, granted, it's been by a combined score of uh, 14 plus. So it, it's been by a combined score of 27 points, uh, but the worst was 14 points against the Panthers last week. So, you know, they've been competitive in games, but mm-hmm. like you said, eighth in total offense. They're second in passing, 29th in rush. Their defense, though, they are 26th in total defense, 27th in pass, 15th in rush. Uh, and I'm yep. currently working on a piece about how Drew Brees is most likely going to have a field day against the the Buccaneers. So, really, what I expect from this game, a lot of Drew Brees passes uh, that mm-hmm. are going going to be going deep downfield to Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn. Look out for I, – I, I bet you Drew Brees has at least three completions of 25 or more yards down the field. I bet you that's going to happen. It's going to be a deep threat. I don't know how many touchdowns Brees is going to score. He's kind of in a slump there. Um, but also mm-hmm. – one of the other important things to look out for is how our defense uh, is just overall because this, this Doug Martin is a good running back, and on top of that, somehow this team is second in, in passing yards. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, has yeah. something to do with that. Jameis, it's not all Jameis Winston due to the injury, but you know he has weapons like Deshaun Jackson, um, 
and Doug Martin out of the backfield, like I said. Who has, and Bray, yeah. they've got a, a ton of people. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot of weapons. So Mike we, Evans. Mike Evans, yeah, that's that's the guy I was thinking of. Mike Evans is huge, so it's going to be interesting to see how Marshawn Lattimore matches up against him. Um, and I, I guess the rest of the packages that Dennis Allen runs, zone coverages, how, like how is he going to handle this? Is, is he going to do it zone? That's usually where the Saints struggle. Or does he have enough confidence to go man-to-man that's going to risk the deep ball going downfield, you know what I'm saying? Uh, unless you have some, you know, two safeties over the top. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of confidence in, in, in the Saints. I don't, I don't know if you do. I don't know if you have as much confidence mm-hmm. as I do. I feel like the Saints can win by at least two scores. Um, just because, the, the you know, you, you watch this team, you know that they have the pieces. You know on paper that they're good, and they're losing these close games, but they don't look like the team they were hyped up to be. During yeah. I mean, 17-3 to loss against the Carolina Panthers when we beat them 34-13. to I know the transitive mm-hmm. theory doesn't work in, uh, in the NFL. Like, you know, A doesn't – if A equals B, B equals C, A doesn't equal C in the NFL. Uh, just because yeah. one team beats another team doesn't mean, you know, that team, so so on and so forth. But that is a, such a glaring thing. The fact that the Saints scored 34 points on the Panthers and the Buccaneers scored a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> tells you so much. Tells you so much. But yeah. I have a lot of confidence in this team. So, I don't know. When I think about it, I think these Buccaneers, I think right now, of all the teams we've faced, we look at whether it be us having a loss, us having a win, I don't think we've really faced a team. Uh, now, prove me wrong, folks, if you've got the stats to prove me wrong. But I don't think we've really faced a team that has as many weapons as the Buccaneers do. Obviously, you know, the statistics say one thing. The, lo- the loss, win-loss record says another thing. The 2-5. Yeah, we get that. But we always, uh, like we said, the Saints always play the Buccaneers very hard. The Buccaneers are always a fierce division opponent for us. So I yeah. think right now, uh, you mentioned about the secondary and what we're going to do. As much as I'd love to see us run something with zone, I just feel like maybe you have to switch things up and I don't know. I, I'd go man. Interesting. Yeah, I'd go man yeah. to man. I'd go man. Yeah, I would too. And I just think it's, I don't know, because right now you have Kenny Vaccaro uh, playing not as a traditional safety. You, has, you have him more playing, you know, uh, closer to the line of scrimmage, almost as if he's a linebacker when we run a 3-4. You have Ken Crowley and Marshall Lenmore on the outside. That takes care of Mike Evans and uh, what's the other uh, receiver? Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. But the thing is, who's going to be covering? Who's going to be covering um, Cameron Bray? Who's right, going right. to be taking care of Doug Martin if they decide to run him like the Saints run Alvin Kamara out of the backfield? It's just I think it's going to be interesting in that aspect to see how our fierce secondary is going to be going against their dynamic offense because, yeah. of, like we said, just because we're two and five, that doesn't mean anything. If I've right. learned one thing uh, in the National Football League over these past three, four, five years, it's any given Sunday. You can have an undefeated team uh, be at home, and they could lose, you know, by a last-second field goal. It doesn't matter what your record is. It, any given Sunday, it takes one play to change everything. Yeah. But I think that's one matchup I'm curious to see is what kind of personnel we're going to be using. Uh, I'm not sure if Delvin Broke can come back this week. But if, if he's implemented in this defense, what he will be put into. But, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff with um this matchup. Yeah, and they're wide receivers. But. Cameron Braid is, like, the fourth-ranked tight end in, in fantasy football right now. So uh, yeah, I've got him in fantasy. He, he produces really well, uh, which is surprising. I mean, he, he's just kind of one of those under-the-radar guys. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you hit it the nail on the head. Who is going to cover all these weapons? It's going to be tough. 
And and your first point was, uh, I don't think we faced a team with with this many weapons. I would agree with you. I think the two closest teams were Minnesota and New England, who, who we eventually yeah. lost to. Those guys had had fantastic weapons, but those teams were also in the perfect scenario for them. Minnesota at home, opening night, Bradford healthy. You know, uh, our defense, new guys, still getting meshed into it. Patriots were coming off a loss. You have Tom Brady, bounce back, Bill Belichick. That was all great. So it was a perfect storm for both of those teams. Um, now the Saints are home. Do you think that has a huge effect on the game? Do you think, you know, the Saints being in a dome as opposed to down south, mm. uh, you know, in Florida, uh, do you think that has a huge effect on this game? Uh, well, uh, you mentioned Cameron Bray. By the way, I was checking my fantasy uh, team as you were mentioning that. He's projected 10.9 points. So wow. he's projected to get a few receptions. Yeah. So I, I don't know how to feel about that. But so right now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 0-3 on the road. And I haven't experienced it firsthand, but I know from people. When you're in the Superdome, it's loud. People are energetic. People love the New Orleans Saints. So I think it's going to be a problem. I know sometimes in the past. When the Saints, you know, have a really good opponent they're facing, uh, when it comes to the dome getting loud, oh, it! Uh, I've heard from people it makes it really hard. It's similar to Arrowhead, right. you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs. You can barely hear in that stadium. You fear, you figure, you not only have people being really energetic, excited, all that noise. You, it's in a, a closed area, so you figure that sound's probably traveling. It's bouncing. But I, I think it's probably going to be complicated. Uh, that would be a good word to describe right now. I think what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be going against. You know, because you have a high-powered offense. You've got the Dome, which is going to be rocking for Sunday. You've got a fierce, young, uh, impressive defense of the Saints. So yeah. it's going to be a good matchup. But uh, as we mentioned that, though, um, here, uh, I'll get your take, and then we shall transition into our next segment, our sure. next awesome segment. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, what's your take on the Dome? Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, I, pretty much everything you said, I, I agree with it. It's just going to be more of a complicated thing for, for the offense. Um, but one thing I want to point out before we move on to, I, I can't yeah. stress this enough. The fact that they are 26th in total defense. Twenty. I mean, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, yeah. I, this might end up being like the Detroit game, minus the amount of defensive touchdowns on, on their end of the thing, because they're also bottom 20, uh, Tampa Bay is, mm-hmm. or, or bottom 10 in um, – and, and defensive touchdown scored this year. So, with that being said, um, do you have a, do you have a score you wanted to give out? Oh, okay, score. Um, I'm gonna say 31-17 Saints. Okay. Yeah. I would what about say, you? I, I I have us winning uh 38 to 24. Like I said, I, I feel like we can we can okay. win by like two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, you think our defense uh is gonna give up that many points though? I I, I do and. The the only reason is because I feel like towards the end of the game, garbage time. I think that Jameis Winston yep. is going to get a touchdown, one or two maybe. Uh, like like we said, he does have weapons. Are we going to be able to stop that? What are we going to run? They're second in passing yards. Yep. If Winston goes down, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a pretty darn good backup quarterback to have. He, he you know he can when tear he it can up. be when he can be. You're right. Yeah yeah yeah. When <laughs> when he's not throwing uh, twenty plus interceptions in a year over in New York. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, give me yeah. give me the Saints thirty eight twenty four. Good point. Good point. All right. So, as we move on to our next fantastic uh, segment uh, of this uh, awesome, fantastic episode, we have uh, the second of three tonight. It's going to be just general Saints news and headlines. We've got some about the New Orleans Saints, and then as Dan mentioned earlier, we have a couple big important ones, especially revolving quarterbacks around the National Football League. So, I'll start us off with 
Uh, yesterday, uh, that would be Wednesday. Today is Thursday for those who are hearing us on a different day. Sorry about that. But uh, today, uh, Tron Armstead, our starting left tackle, and Andrews Pete, our starting left guard, returned to practice. I was a little bit relieved myself to hear that because I, we, you figure Larry Warford's going to be out for a couple more weeks with his abdominal injury. So I'm like, great. Who are we going to be starting? People, you know, people off the streets, you know? But, um, I'm excited that they are back. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Nicely put. Yes, I'm so Nicely glad put. that they're back. Offensive line, obviously. Uh, here's the thing. Offensive line is the most underrated part of an NFL football team. So the fact that we're, we're getting healthy, uh, we we're, if this trends up, besides Warford, we're going to have all of our starters. And, and Streif, I guess. Darn. Streif and Warford yeah. are out. Darn. That sucks. But – I mean, having Pete and and, and uh, uh, Armstead back in, those are two of our best offensive linemen. Uh, man, injuries suck, mm. man. Injuries really do suck. Uh, but, no, no, I'm really excited that they're back to practice because that's going to help out Drew Brees in this game. Stay comfortable in his pocket. So Yeah. Yeah, anything to get Drew lighting up opposing defenses and uh, getting angry Mark Ingram and uh, fabulous Alvin Kamara to yes. us. Doing impressive things. I'm obviously a fan of that. But, um, so the next one we've got here is Marshawn Lanimore, uh, our fabulous quarterback who has been uh, practically on his own island now for the Saints uh, when it comes to their secondary. He actually won uh, the NFL Defensive Player, uh, Defensive Rookie of the, mo- uh, the Month for the month of October. I'll read you his stats for the month of October. He had 16 tackles, 12 solo, two interceptions, one pick six, five pass deflections, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Then under that, the Saints posted this on Twitter. You have an awesome photo of Marshawn Lattimore having his arms stretched out wide as if he's doing the motion of nobody's coming down my way. But uh, what's your take on that? How? <laughs> that was the golf clap. I got, I got a little baby golf clap for, for Lattimore there. Uh, there you go. I mean, this has been what? This rarely happens for this. Rarely do we win yeah. anything award-wise for defensive players. Uh, we don't even get recognized that often for offensive players, even though Breeze always has great uh, stuff. Michael Thomas had a great season last year. I still think he was underrated. I don't think he was appreciated enough by the national media. So to see this happen, number one, it, it validates us picking him at 11. Obviously, we all knew that it was a good pick there. Got off to yeah. kind of a slow start in the season. Some people kind of started to question it. Those are out the window. Validates our, our selection, and it shows that our defense right now is in good hands, and for the future it is, too, because this dude's a rookie, man. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. What would you think? Uh, so, I actually have a quote here first by Marshall Lanamore himself. He didn't say it to me, but uh, he mentioned it to some other people that they uh, responded on Twitter. So, when he was asked about the award and everything, he says, and I quote, I appreciate the recognition, but I would enjoy getting a Super Bowl. So, it looks like he's hungry. He's not only impressing the NFL and fans alike and what he's capable of doing. But he knows what's at stake. He wants the ultimate prize. So I'll get into this. I appreciate what he's been doing, but he knows what he wants as do Saints fans. He wants the Super Bowl. We want to get Drew there for a second. And who knows? I think it may be possible this year when you have a young secondary that's been feasting on turnovers like the Saints defense has this year. Um, I just think right now what we've been able to accomplish uh, – if you take away Cameron Jordan as their main contributor, I think the main reason for everything has been Marshawn Lattimore. I think yeah. right now, if if you don't have Marshawn Lattimore and you have somebody else in, 
I know during the offseason, the Saints almost acquired Malcolm Butler. Let's say you have Malcolm mm-hmm. Butler over there and Ken Crawler. Let's say you have some other starter. Let's say P.J. Williams. You, I don't think this defense is where it's at without Lattimore. I think right now, if I had to make a perfect a metaphor here, he is the gorilla glue for the Saints defense. He is holding everything together. He is giving a Cameron Jordan enough time because he is holding down opposing wide receivers to give him enough time to get to the quarterback. He is shutting down uh, opposing threats. And that's what I love most about Lattimore. And yeah, he's been awesome. And I think everybody realizes that now finally, but um, yeah, he's been stellar. Now all that comes next is finding an uh, justice seller nickname for him. You know, maybe like Lattimore land or uh, actually here. I just found this on Twitter. Someone uh, tweeted this underneath his, uh, underneath this quote, and he wrote, Saints, uh, Secretary of Domain Security. I like that. I like that, too. Um, that is from Mr. Robin Cho. Uh, shout out to you. But, um, yeah. I don't know. If you Malcolm, him if Malcolm, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but if Malcolm Butler no, was good. on this team, if we would have traded for him, in the, he would have requested a trade after our second loss. <laughs> you know he would have, just like Adrian Peterson wanted out of there after the second loss. Yeah. Veterans get pissed off really easily when they're not winning. Uh, and, yeah. and, and then rookies look at it and they just go, hey, man, I'm here. I'm here to build my legacy here right now. And so, you know, that, that benefited us tremendously. Oh, yeah. He, he really put down a giant building block in his mm-hmm. – uh, 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 what was the word you just said? His uh, legacy. legacy. Yeah. It. Yeah, he's already been uh, laying the foundation. And he's been having a heck of a, a rookie uh, first year. But um, it's been phenomenal. That's all I can say. But uh, so as we uh, get on to our next thing, what's the news I've been hearing uh, regarding some quarterbacks in the Uh-oh. National Football League? Uh oh, two NFC, two AFC South quarterbacks went down in the same day. Well, oh, okay, so the two quarterbacks that were officially ruled out for the rest of the year today: Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Andrew Luck has been out for most of this year. We knew that he had surgery back in January. Uh, Colts were waiting for him to get healthy. Presumably, is what we all thought. Uh, but it looks like he's not going to be ready to go for the season. They put him on IR. He's officially out. Cold season pretty Jeez. much seems done by now, too. Uh, and then the terrible news, non-contact ACL tear by Deshaun Watson earlier today in practice. Super unfortunate. He was, he, I know. Yeah, boo. I need a <laughs> – let me get that ready real quick. But he was he was one of the – arguably the best rookie, it, you know, right now in the NFL. In football. Right in football. Yeah. And, and he was even behind uh, – yeah, boo, boo. Oh, there you go. We're so sorry. We're we're so sorry, Deshaun, for your injury. Um, he tied yeah. for most touchdowns in the league with 19. Tied it with Carson Wentz before he went down. Had that tremendous game against Seattle yesterday. Uh, the future is bright for him, though. That's the good thing. Is that, <laughs> as, 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 as my dog barks, uh, the future <laughs> is super bright for Deshaun Watson, though. Once he returns from this injury, it'll be only up. Now, Andrew Luck's situation is, is really – I'm curious about that. How do you feel about that situation, like his his future with the team? So I think right now uh, – first off, I'm going to say a quick word to about yeah. Deshaun Watson. He's a phenomenal playmaker, you know. Uh, I think the Saints would be more than lucky if they had a quarterback at his age that could make those dynamic plays. I don't think anybody – obviously, we knew the talent coming out of Clemson for Deshaun Watson, but I don't think anybody – projected Watson's to have such a such a smooth transition into the court uh, into the quarterback position for the Texans. I think right. it was 
smooth sailing for Watson. But, and he, he was the third quarterback selected in, in the draft, yeah. too. So, you know, That's his expectations part. were kind of lowered, too. Yeah, and prayers are up for him, though. Now, yes. about Andrew Luck, I, I'm a firm... I'm a firm believer of if you don't have a good offensive line. Well, here, let me say this first. The game of football is won in the trenches. I've yes. said this before in numerous articles. It's the it's the big guys on the defensive line, the offensive line, that help make or break the game. And when you don't have big guys doing their job protecting Andrew Luck enough, he's going to get hurt. It, it's just a matter of... It's just a matter of the game. If you have your quarterback going down 30, 40, 50 times in a season... It's not going to be pretty, you know, and I think it was last year he went down and it just hasn't been the same since. Now, given when he came out of college, he, that draft class, I believe it was either 2011, 2012, something like that. 2012. Yeah, yeah, 2012. His draft class was projected to be one of the best in the history. Yeah. It wasn't actually the best, but it was up there just considering the talent they had there. And I, I was all on the hype train there. I thought Andrew Luck was going to be a Hall of Famer. I think, you know, I think he could have got his team to a Super Bowl, possibly. You know, the AFC South right now isn't exactly the fiercest of uh, divisions. I think if you throw any halfway decent team in there, they'll win the division easily. You know, the Saints, they'd probably win 10 straight, you know, yeah. division titles. The, but, um, the, the only good team there right now this moment with Deshaun Watson down is uh, the Jaguars. Jacksonville. And that's because, of, yeah. that's because of their defense. So And they don't even have a quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> Blake Bortles. Get out of here, man. Yeah. Yeah, but no, about Andrew Luck, though, it's just you have all this talent. You know, he was projected to be the savior of Peyton Manning. You know, when Peyton Manning left Indianapolis, all hope was lost because they didn't have a great quarterback. They got Andrew Luck and like, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine. We have a quarterback who could take us back there, but he didn't give him an offensive line to protect the man. He left Sir Luck over there, his beard and all, stranded and helpless, and he ended up getting killed over it. Not literally, metaphorically killed. And they're suffering right now because of it. Now, obviously, the Colts right now aren't a very good team. It wouldn't surprise me if they have a top 10 pick, probably top 5. I would invest in... An offensive lineman, right? But the thing is, there's actually a lot of talk about, uh, I don't know if any of this is confirmed, but actually Luck leaving simply because mm-hmm. of they have Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And they could have a top pick, which they might end up using on a quarterback. So I don't know. But my thing is, I, I feel bad for Luck. I wish he actually had some better luck when it came to, ha, down ha, to his ha, offensive ha, ha. line. Yeah, really corny jokes. Only here at Who That Dish Podcast. But, um, I feel bad for the man. I feel bad for both Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. I wish they both didn't get injured, especially in Luck's case. I wish it didn't have to be from the fault of his offensive line, or the lack of, for that matter. But how about you? Oh, wait, nope. That's, I, I, I tried to do a regular laugh, but but that was <laughs> weird. I was, I was going to do a laugh and, and, re, and reply to your tweet. Anyway, but um, yeah, no, as far as Luck goes, first of all, that is a very poorly ran franchise. I don't know if it's because of Jim, like, they only won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. They got to two. They yeah. won one. Peyton Manning won the best of all time. Denver did it in like three seasons with Peyton Manning. And he was on like yeah. the last of his, you know, so poorly run friend. I don't know if it's because of Jim Ursay making the wrong decisions. Obviously, he's the owner, but he's been the owner since like the 80s, the early 80s. So he's been there through decades and decades. Uh, something needs to change. I don't think that they'll get rid of luck unless he wants out. If he wants out, then for sure he's, he's going to go. Um, but... I, I feel like Jacoby Brissett is going to end up. I think he's going to get traded. 
um, before the season, well, not before mm. the season ends, but before next season kicks off. You know, once that would be a shocker. You know, and then they, you know, I feel like they are going to boast him up for this season and then trade him for like a first, second, maybe third round pick or whatever. But yeah, you're right. I think they need to tank the rest of the season, uh, get some, get a really good top draft pick, do whatever you can, draft anywhere because every single position on that team needs help. Yeah, but yeah, you know, besides uh, quarterback when Luck is healthy. So yeah, just like I said, poorly ran franchise. Got to feel bad for Luck. Uh, you know, he's coming out as one of the best quarterbacks ever. You know, he's going to be projected as one of the best quarterbacks ever to step foot in the NFL. And his prime athletic career is dwindling down, and it's sad to see. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, I, I feel bad for him, like I said. But on a happier note, we are here to talk some Saints football, as we always are on the Who That Dish podcast. And this week, we have a special exception for everybody. Now that we won't be talking Saints football, we have some specific Saints-related questions to be answering for some lucky fans here that got back to us. Like we've been mentioning, as always, uh, this is just a great re-emphasis of that. Make sure to tweet us, comment to us, follow us on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter. Because if you do that and comment to us, you will probably be in this situation that these guys are now, these guys and girls, uh, where we will be answering their questions. So if you have a question or anything like that, make sure to uh, take care of those regards with us on Twitter. But, so, before I get off topic, so we have some fan questions to be answering. I will be reading them to you, Dayton, and then you will respond, uh, you know, give your amazing responses, and I will give my take, and we will go from there. Awesome. So the first, the first one I have is, I will start with the Twitter ones, and then I have one Facebook question. Uh, the first one is from... Uh, his Twitter handle is at who underscore is underscore Jay Maple. He asks, how long do you expect Bro to play on Sunday? What do you think, Dan? Well, if he if he plays at all on Sunday, if he's active for the game, which I have a feeling he won't be, um, yeah. don't expect to see him a lot. Um, I know that he's integrated into this defense, but he, he hasn't had the practice time, so to speak, as long as these guys to get the chemistry going, you know, defense, I, I think it's kind of overlooked how much communication goes into what, what you do on defense, especially cornerback. Um, this is just experience. I played cornerback during high school football, didn't go up through the other level. So I can't imagine how good, how uh, crazy it is to be a cornerback in, in college or, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, professional football. But uh, from my experience, there is so much communication that goes into cornerback because you have to call, you know, for crack back, uh, you have to understand the coverages of everybody on the field, and you also kind of have to understand um, w- the tendencies of the team. You know, it's kind of like uh, a quarterback is a safety mix with a linebacker, almost just less physicality and tackling because you're more on the outside. You don't have to go in. But uh, mm-hmm. it's tough. So, you know, Bro is only probably going to see a little bit of – I you know, expect him to see a little bit in the first quarter, so he gets his footing a little bit. Other than that, uh, this is a pass-happy offense. Uh, you know, they obviously try to run the ball, but, you know, again, they're second in the league in, in passing yards. So expect them to be passing the ball. That's when we would see Bro, is if they're passing a lot and our cornerbacks aren't getting the job done. Throwing Bro might as well, but, you know, don't expect them to see a lot of time. What do you think? Um, my question is, I'll have to check on this, obviously, for next week uh, when we talk about it, I, I assume. But is when can uh, Delvin Bro actually return? Uh, I'm not exactly 100% familiar on the injured reserve designation and when he's allowed to return. But let's say it was this week to answer your question, Jay Maple, I would say that it would probably be on a limited basis. I think right now 
I'm a firm believer in. Uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it right now unless they decide to change their personnel packages. The Saints are rolling with Kenny Vaccaro in the slot, uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore on the outside, on his own little land island there, and then you have Ken Crawley, who's been playing really well. And I think right now, I think it all comes down to which Dalvin Bro we see. I, Saints fans know pretty well by now that you have the great Dalvin Bro, who uh, swats, passes away, and keeps up with good wide receivers and Julio Jones. And then you have the bad Dalvin Bro, who gets lost sometimes in the spotlight and um, doesn't turn his hips as fluently and gets beat downfield. So I think if you have the, uh, the good Dalvin Bro come back, I think you work him in slowly to see what he's capable of, and you find room for him. I think the Saints right now are very keen on playing their best personnel. So if Delvin Bro becomes a part of that, I think they make room for him slowly, similar to what they're doing with Willie Sneed. But, and the next question we have is actually from uh, at M underscore George5. He will actually be on in a few weeks to uh, preview I believe the Redskins, uh, so uh, take a look at that when he comes on. But he asks, he would like us to just talk about how we would handle the bro situation versus what the Saints might do. So what would you say to that, Dayton? Um, yeah, so pretty much what I alluded to when I first said it, just throw him in yeah. the first quarter, get his feet you know, kind of wet in the defense, uh, and then go from there. That's what I would do as far as what the Saints are going to do. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if he's healthy and they're confident enough in him, do you put him in place of P.J. Williams, uh, you know, starting? I think you do. Or I, I think the Saints would do that. I think that they would. I think that they would take Bro over P.J. Williams. I wouldn't, uh, at least not right off the bat. If, if Bro is playing well, uh, maybe, you know, more towards the end of the season, I'll plug him in instead of P.J. Williams. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This defense is looking pretty damn good. So, uh, you know, just as, you know, I would just have Bro get his feet wet a little bit. I feel like the Saints might just plug him in to be a starter right off the bat because, you know, they're confident um. in the guy. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I think I would just go take it little by little, see where he's at. And like I said, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I don't think the Saints would be stupid enough to just uh, not get rid of, but immediately take out Ken Crawley and place it, bro. I think right now, from what I've seen from Crawley, despite his flaws at times, he's shown, he's proven uh, multiple times that he's capable of, of being a starter right now, unless I see something else that contradicts that. I think right now you keep crawling, and I think, like we mentioned earlier, just little by little, see what he's capable of and get his feet wet, you know? I wouldn't say start him 30, 40 snaps, but maybe five. See where he's at with five. But our next question we have is by at Cody underscore Mutz. Uh, Cody spelled with K-O-T-Y. He asks, what do you think about the Saints not trading Kikaha? What do you think? I think, I think first of all, that was a very tough situation the Saints were put in with Kikaha, whether or not to trade yeah. him. Obviously, he's not getting reps. He's not being active. But he's on a very affordable contract. I mean, his cap hit is only a million and a half per year. He still has two years left, including this one, uh, on his contract. But I, I, I think, so, you know, that attracts team. I feel like we could have gotten at least a fifth-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I, I, I want to say Mickey Loomis didn't want to bite on a trade for a guy he picked in the second round. Again, Mickey Loomis is, is, is very high on making his guys work. You know, the guys mm-hmm. that he drafts, um, even though he, and if he's going to trade them, 
he he you know he he at least wants something out of it. So I feel like he wasn't given enough for a guy who he still has you know some confidence in. Second round pick in 2015 still wants to give him some chance. Like I said, affordable contract. So uh, and again, it's a depth thing in case some injuries happen. Kikaha is going to be able to step up. Uh, what do you think? Did I, I have a feeling you thought that we were going to trade him? Yeah, I, I did, and I agree with you. First off, with what you said, I agree 100. Uh, percent Mickey Loomis, I think, is the guy that is going to, if he's trying to make lemonade, he's going to get every single ounce drop of that lemon before yeah. he throws it away. So, um, I think right now it's probably one of two things. Maybe they didn't feel it this time. I know teams right now you, for the trade deadline. Obviously, there were a lot of big trades that happened. You probably had a bunch of teams that were very prominent, you know, that were very active, like the Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles. You probably had teams that honestly didn't feel that it was worth really getting involved in. You know, I think the Saints, like we've said before, they're more of a off-season kind of acquisition team. They're yeah. more of a team that worries about, okay, let's get the season done first, and then we'll worry about what needs to happen. I think right now, why they didn't trade him, I think it's just a matter of they probably didn't if they were looking to trade him, teams probably weren't offering what they expected to receive for Kikaha. I think he has talent. I think it's just a matter of other guys such as Trey Hendrickson, Alex Okafor overshadowing him at, at this time. But yeah, who knows? I think it'll be something to look forward to or uh, take a look, uh, take a look on, take a look at when um after the Saints season ends. And who knows? But the next question we have is by. Uh, Michael, uh, M-I-C-H-A-A-E-L-115. He actually has three questions here. Uh, his first one is, why does Ken Crawley got me blocked? And, bro, to be honest with you, you probably said something stupid to um, make him block you. Yeah. I, I've, I've learned from that firsthand that don't piss off the Saints players. You know, as as heavenly as they may be called, you know, they're called Saints. They're not always saints, so don't, right. don't piss them off. And I would look into that, Michael. I would look into uh, maybe your recent history of tweets with Ken Crawley. Maybe you uh, disrespected him or um, threw some shade his way. But uh, the next question we have is, why has Kikaha not been active? What's your take on that, Dayton? Uh, uh, my guess is just the confidence they've had in uh, Trey Hendrickson and Alex Okafor at that position. Obviously, Cam Jordan's doing his stuff, too. Uh, I... Yep. I, I really don't have any other answer besides that. I, I can't think of any other reason they would just have him be inactive I for games. I, I yeah. think it's just more of a, yeah, just have confidence in other players more so than him. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think right now you just have guys that are playing better. And like people say, you want your best personnel on the field at all times. So with that answer, his last question is, why is uh, Devontae Harris still on the team? I'll throw in my take really quick. Yeah. Special teams. I yep. just think right now he's obviously not the best corner the Saints have, but he's capable of playing special teams. Special teams has lacked in years past. He's a decent enough player where he can make an impact. He's pretty quick, makes decent enough tackles when he wants to. Special teams is my answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's three small reasons he's on this team. One of them is special teams. One of them is depth at the cornerback position. Uh, I bet you yeah. once I bet you once Bro becomes healthy, we might even cut Harris. Is the thing like once Bro yeah. is completely they off the IR? More. Yeah, they did cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that was interesting that we cut more instead of um, Harris. But Harris is younger, obviously. But yeah, depth at the cornerback position, special teams. 
And uh, Devonta Harris earned his position in the preseason. Uh, the coaches were really impressed by him during the preseason games. Granted, he got burned in that first game against Minnesota. Stephon Diggs, it was horrendous. But that entire defense didn't look pretty. Didn't look good at all either. So yeah. Yeah, I can't put all the blame on Harris for that one. But he earned his position. He earned his spot on the team. I think that's yeah. part of the reason why he's still here. Yeah, it's his to lose on special teams. And the last question we've got tonight for you guys is actually from Facebook. It is, um, his name is Thomas James Pierce Jr. And he asks, I'll just read everything that he mentioned to me. He asks, what is the deal with Breeze? Is it caused from the game plan of rushing attack to as well? Is it just caused the game uh, doesn't have, have to be on his shoulders? Or is it because he is aging? He just hasn't looked himself. The main question I have on this, I have on the squad in general is related to Breeze and our receivers, uh, why they don't look in sync. So he's basically asking, what's the deal with Drew Breeze? Why hasn't he been himself? And why aren't the receivers looking like they used to be? So uh, I'll let you answer that first now. Um, I, I don't know exactly what he's talking about with that question, only because Drew Breeze is eighth right now in the league in passing yards. He's yeah. looking really good. Almost every single one of the games he's had this season have been um, at least 200 yards passing. He's had a couple mm-hmm. of 300-yard games. He's not the touchdown king. He never really has been. I mean, he's had individual games where he's had a lot of touchdown passes, but overall for yep. seasons, look at it. He hit. We'll get lucky if Drew Brees cracks thirty touchdown passes in a season. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he's not, he's not some crazy touchdown throwing guy. Um, so so really, the answer to that question is, I feel like Drew Brees is doing just fine. Uh, I feel like the play calling has been better with. Carmichael and Peyton, I'm guessing that they're splitting the load now instead of just, you know, mainly Peyton doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Drew Brees kind of had the turnover bug in the, uh, you know, in like week five, week six, a little bit of week seven. So for like three weeks in a row, he kind of had the turnover bug. Other than that, he hasn't been turning the ball over a lot. I mean, we went, what, the first four games without a turnover, right? Maybe mm-hmm. the first five yeah. weeks without a turnover. So, um, and again, eighth in passing, he, he's never usually good at touchdown passes, and, and that speaks volume in this season as well. So really, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Breeze. Um, uh, granted, he can do better. He can make smarter decisions, but his accuracy has been spot mm-hmm. on. He's almost 70% completion rating this season. So I don't I feel like there's nothing going on with Breeze. Yeah. And, okay, so this is interesting. To answer his question, to answer your question, Thomas, I don't believe Drew is – Obviously, I think all quarterbacks age. As great as Tom Brady's playing right now, there are signs that he isn't what he used to be. But uh, to get around that, I don't think the issue right now is that Drew Brees is aging. I think I have three little points I want to get across. I think this will help to answer your question. And those points are this offense this year is a bit different. It's a bit more balanced. Uh, For once, the Saints aren't usually playing from behind. And two... And uh, three is just – I forgot my third point, but I'll mention the other two. So the first one, uh, the offense is a bit more balanced. You look at what the Saints are usually doing. It, it was usually heavily reliant on Drew Brees and his passing attack. He's always been known to uh, get receivers open, make plays downfield. That is true. Now, although we haven't seen it as much this year, I think right now the Saints, like we've said previous uh, – Earlier in this episode, they're using their best personnel. And not that Drew isn't the best player on their offense. I think right now they're just trying to take advantage of what they have with them right now. I think with the addition of Alvin Kamara, our rookie running back, for those of you who have been living under a rock, 
And Mark Ingram, our solid veteran running back, who when he doesn't go for extra yards and fumbles has been pretty reliant. I think the Saints are trying to establish something a little bit more different to, I think, manage not only the clock, but manage opposing teams. I think right now, although our offense hasn't been as stellar, you know, in red zone or in third down situations, I think it's still been pretty decent, you know, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, speaking about the offense as a whole, I think right now to answer your question about the first part, I think it's just about using the correct players and getting what they're trying to accomplish done. So I think just mainly relying on the running backs to chew the clock and control the game for the Saints side, I would go with that. And the other part about that is the Saints aren't playing from behind. I think obviously some people like to make an argument that the only reason why Drew Brees has all these numbers and stats, they call them as stat padding, is because of the Saints play from behind. They have played from behind in years past. Now, in contrary to that, I think uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, it shows that Drew Brees has actually put up stellar numbers before the Saints somehow found themselves in a hole against opposing teams. But I think this year, uh, just to go along with the running backs, they've been controlling the ball really well for the most part with turnovers. Um, They've been, from what I've been noticing, they've been controlling the time of possession on their favor. For most of these games, if you check out the specific statistics, you'll notice that the Saints are always leading in time of possession because they're controlling the ball well. They're running down the clock. I just think... Although Drew Brees is aging, it's not him aging that is the issue. I think it's just that the Saints are using the running backs more. And I think this goes along, too, with um, Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed and all those guys. They don't exactly have all the huge numbers that they have in the past, you know. But, yeah, answer that question, what I said right there. So. Yep. Yep, I agree with what you said, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was long-winded, but hopefully I made my point across for you, Thomas. But, yeah, that's our show for uh, tonight, guys. What would you think? Did you enjoy our questions and answers? Did you enjoy the latest headlines we were mentioning? Did you enjoy our preview for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I know I did. How about you, Dame? What did you think about this podcast? Absolutely. A lot of fun. Love doing the fan questions as well. Yeah, I, I know that's an awesome segment. If we ever have time for it, we'll try to implement it again. But... As always, guys, that is our show. This is the second part of our 20th episode here. Can you play the clapping again for us in the background? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get a setup real quick. Let me get a setup real <laughs> yeah. quick. No, this is our 20th episode. We are super happy to announce that. We're happy to bring that awesome content for you guys there. But as far as that goes, the first part of this amazing two-part 20, 20th episode uh, series for the Who That Dish podcast, that can be found on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Oh, there you go. 20th there episode. Woo! Yeah. Woo! But um, make sure to check out the first one we did with uh, Larry Dyer. But I think it's time to plug away our social media as we get everything wrapped up for tonight. So make sure, as always, to check us out on iTunes, on Twitter. Like we said tonight, if you want to start asking us questions and getting responses, feel free to contact us on Twitter. We are always there to happily respond to you. You can follow Dayton Brown over here, who, are, who is killing our budget with all these claps. Uh, we, we don't have a budget, but um, he's killing us over there, uh, doing a great job as always. You can follow Dayton Brown on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me. I'm Tyler. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official 
Who That Dish podcast account at the WDD podcast. But as always, stay awesome, guys, and thanks again for tuning in. Yeah, again, guys, be sure to go to whothatdish.com as well. Check out all the articles yeah. that are there. Thanks, Tyler, for being a great co-host. Thanks, everybody, so Thank much you for tuning in every week. Uh, this week, we gave you guys two episodes. That I guess that was part of the 20th episode specials. Uh, yeah. Uh, two episode thing. So, again, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys on Monday when we have uh, Who That Dish fellow contributor Donna Marsh on the show for the very first time. Uh, she'll help us review the game against the Bucks and preview the game against the Bills. Uh, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next thank week. Thank you.